If only it were that easy, right? Either just frank and, and reasonable discussion or letting your kids just duke it out in the yard to solve all the problems, which tends to happen anyway, right? Um, but our, our families are imperfect, and we've been talking about that over the last several weeks, how they are imperfect and how God has a plan for us. Um, while we are imperfect, he still has his ideal, his standard, and we should be shooting for that standard. And God has a plan for us. And while we're not perfect, we can be in the process of being perfected in Christ, right? And so we're shooting for that. We're striving for that. I saw a t-shirt. Actually, I saw a, a, a pastor uh, point this out in one of his messages years ago. A t-shirt, and the t-shirt simply said, see if, if moms, if you want to buy this for Father's Day for your husbands, I think it would be a great gift. The t-shirt simply said, I'm the better half. And that'll, I think that'll come up in just a moment. But it said, yeah, there you go. I'm the better half. So uh, uh, husbands, uh, any of you, if you're in your right minds, I wouldn't wear that. Um, I think I might buy that for my wife. But, but you know, it, it just kind of points out uh, phrases that we have in our culture, right? One of our phrases is uh, my better half to describe our spouse. You know, it's interesting uh, that phrase originated the first time in recorded history that it was used. You'll be surprised, or at least I was, it was used in 17 BC. And it wasn't talking about marriage. Uh, the Roman poet Horace used it to describe a friend, a close friend. You are the better half of me, is how he used that word to describe. In 1580, it was used for the first time in literature talking about a spouse. And Sir Philip Sidney used it then. And then Shakespeare used it in 1600 when he said, Thou art the better half of me. So we go from the Roman poet Horace... 17 years before the birth of Christ or before Jesus and then to Shakespeare in 1600 to a cheesy t-shirt in 2020. That's how far we've progressed and um, not encouraging but uh, you, you, you see how that phrase, you know, that phrase has, has progressed. But this raises the question, you know, we've been talking about families for the past few weeks and the roles in the family and harmony in the home and and all of that. Well, this morning we're going to talk about singles. And this phrase, my better half, raises a question. If you're single, are you not whole? If we say that, you know, she's my better half, if you are single, are you whole or not? I mean, is it, or, or will you not be whole until you find someone to marry? That's a question that I'm sure many ask, many singles ask, and it is a valid question because in our culture we tend to cater to families and to couples, don't we? Even in the context of the church, a lot of the ministries that we have, we tend to, to focus on couples. Um, but the question, am I not whole or am I not valuable? For those of you that are single, for whatever reason, let me tell you right now, final word, Jesus says absolutely 100% yes, you are valuable to him. You are valuable to him, he loves you, and you are valuable to his kingdom work. All right? And so if that question is in your mind, hopefully today's message is going to be one of encouragement to you and one that will help you along your life's journey. Matter of fact, no matter whether you're single or not, this message is going to be hopefully an encouragement to all of us. Um, the scripture that we're using is a great source of encouragement 
to us, especially in the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now. Um, you know, even if you're not, or if you are single, that's why, even if you're not, just like all of this, if you have a family or not, uh, there's probably somebody in your life you know that's single, you know. And so if you're married, you have a family, whatever, I want you to think right now about who that person in your life is. Maybe it's someone in your family that is single, not yet married. Maybe it's somebody in your family that's divorced or somebody you know that's divorced. Maybe it's someone you know that um, is widowed. Uh, Think about that person right now, and hopefully you'll be encouraged in this to minister to them in a new way. But I want to talk this morning about being whole without a better half. What it means to be whole without a better half, to shoot down all of the things that culture seems to say about being single and about Jesus not being a part of that. Um, and, and to begin with, I just want to share some statistics. Now, these statistics were updated uh, from the 2010 census. You know, we're taking, getting ready to take the 2020 or in the process of doing that. Uh, but these statistics, the most recent I could find, were from 2016, reported in 2017. Just to kind of give you an idea of the singles uh, that exist in America today. Uh, there are 110.6 million singles in, in America. And that group makes up 45% of our population, of, our, uh, of Americans. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing when you think about it. 53.2% of those are women. 19.5 million singles are 65 and older. That makes up 17.7% of that number. Um, for every 88 single men, there are 100 single women in the U.S., Good news for guys, right? I'm kidding. I'm joking. God, if God's got a plan and he's got a spouse for you, he will bring that person to you, which we'll point out uh, in a few moments. Of the 59.8 million households that exist there, that are maintained by single men and women, those 59.8 million that are maintained by either single men or women, that makes up 47.6% of all households in the U.S., of our households are maintained by single men or single women. Uh, May or may not have kids, but uh, but that that makes up those households. Um, There are 35.4 million Americans who live alone. Uh, This comprises 28.1% of all households. It's up from 17% in 1970. You know, just kind of gives you an idea of the progression there. And I couldn't find the most recent number here, but in the 2020, uh, 2010 census, uh, there were 11.6 million single parents raising their, their kids. 9.9 uh, a million of those were single moms. 1.7 million were single dads. But a few statistics that I, I'm, I'm, I'm br- going to bring up on the screen or our tech crew is going to bring up on the screen that I kind of want to focus in on this morning about singleness in America. Of those who are never married, 63% of singles, that's 63% of the singles in America who have never been married at all, uh, 23% of all singles have been divorced. And 13% of singles who are single right now uh, are widowed. Uh, Their spouse is deceased. And here's the deal. All three of those categories can be single parents, right, if you think about it. And so singles are a huge part of our population, both inside and outside of the church. And we're focusing today on Christian singles. And what, what you find is when we're talking about singles in these categories, there's really one of three categories. There are those who are, who are 
called to be single, and they are very content. God's given them a contentment in their singleness. Paul talks about that. And, and then there are those who are young, not yet married. Uh, you expect them eventually to get married. They're called to be married. They just haven't met their spouse yet. Uh, and the average age of, of marriage now uh, is higher than it's been in a long time, maybe ever. The average age is 28 for marriage. Uh, it's 27 for women, 29 for men. And that's up in, in, in recent years, uh, up drastically. And so I think it was like 26 just a few, few, year, few years ago. And so that, that's the second category. And then there's that third category, uh, those that have a, a desire to be married and they never thought they would be single at this stage in their life. They're either divorced and they never thought they would be divorced or they're widowed. And they never thought, of course, that they would uh, have lost their loved one at this point in their life. Um, or someone, maybe they don't have a desire to be married again, but they are now without their spouse because they've lost their spouse. And so in that category, you, you've, in, in singles, the, the category of being single, you're going to fall into one of those. And, and, and some, some who have that desire to be married wonder, you know, will it ever happen to me? Has, has God forgotten about me? Is it possible for me to meet that person. Some, the broken relationship that you just went through is still so raw that you don't even want to think about meeting somebody else yet. Uh, and some of you aren't, just aren't ready yet. You're not at the stage of life. God hasn't put you where you need to be in terms of maturity spiritually and just intellectual maturity, uh, growth and development to where you're ready for that spouse yet. And, and so God's word, wherever you are, God's word speaks truth to your life. Now, I, you know, some of us married people, we act like we know everything there is to know about being single because we've been single before. But that's not true. I mean, some people, your life situation is different than mine. Um, and, and so we have to be careful there, married folks. We don't know what single folks are going through. Um, especially those that have lost a loved one or been divorced or are waiting for that person. But here's the thing, though, you know, we have to be careful, and I'm, I'm preaching on being single, and obviously I'm not, but we have to be careful in any circumstance about preaching from experience. For example, I'm not a woman. I think you're glad of that, right? And I know my wife is, but I can speak about that from the truth of God's Word. God's Word teaches about the characteristics of a godly woman. You know, I've never been dead. I haven't experienced death, but I can preach on death from God's word, right? Haven't been to heaven yet, but I can preach on that from the truth of God's word. As a matter of fact, if we ever get to the point to where I'm preaching from experience and not from this, then we're all in trouble, okay? So I can speak to you about being single, and I don't pretend to know everything you're going through, but I can talk to you about it from the truth of God's word, and that's what we're going to do this morning. I don't know your life experience, but I know that the truth of God's word overrides any ignorance I have on any subject. Uh, so Isaiah 41.10 is the verse that we're going to look at this morning. It's the canvas. Uh, I want you to allow it, this truth, this verse, to just saturate your heart, single or not, wherever you are. The truth of this verse speaks to your life. And, and, and we're going to look at this as a canvas that paints the picture of the heart of God. And we're going to take this, we're going to come off of that canvas 3D, and we're going to apply it 
to your life, your life situation, regardless of where you are. If you look in Isaiah chapter 40 through 66, that is the New Testament of the Old Testament, okay? It is all about Jesus. It's all about the Messiah. And when we look at chapter 41, verse 10, it's it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible where God just says, hey, here's my heart. Here's my heart for you, my children. It is packed with an incredible promise, a few promises for the people of God. It it will be, if you allow it, this verse will be medicine to your soul this morning. If you're single, it will be. For the rest of us, in the midst of the craziness and the fear and the anxiety and the uncertainty of our lives, this verse will speak and act as medicine to our hearts and our souls. And so I'm encouraging you to, to, to listen, to focus in on God's Word this morning, but then maybe take this verse this week, write it on a card, and put it somewhere where you'll see it every single day, and just allow it to sink in. Meditate on it throughout the week. Application for singles, though. We are talking about singles. This is God assuring you of His comfort for you, that He has a plan for you, and and He has not forgotten about you. It's saying that God is fighting your fights and comforting your heart. So let's just read it, and then we're going to unpack it for a few minutes, and then we'll have three truths uh, before we finish up. Uh, Isaiah 41, verse 10. God says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. So let's just start, begin at the beginning here, right? The verse starts off, God says, fear not, or do not fear. You know, what is singles? What is the greatest fear in your life? Is it, what if it never happens? Um, What if I never find that right person? Has God forgotten about me? What is the greatest fear in your life? This verse is saying, God is saying, I know where you are. I know what you need. Fear not. Don't worry. I've got this. That's what God is saying here. He also says, I'm with you. You're not alone. It's not, I will be with you. He's saying right now, wherever you are, this is for all of us. Right now, wherever you are, if you are my child, I'm with you. I haven't left. I haven't forgotten about you. I am with you. And you don't have to fear. That's a promise for all of us right now. How great is it to know that in the midst of everything that's going on, that if I know Jesus, I, he is with me always. He's always with me. And regardless of what I may be feeling, regardless of the uncertainty, single or not, I have the assurance of knowing that he's right there beside me. Every, every moment. And here's the truth. We may experience loneliness, but if we are in Christ, we never experience aloneness. We're not alone. Jesus is with us. Now, loneliness is powerful, okay? I'm not discounting that. And if you've experienced loneliness, you know that that is powerful. And it can be painful. And, and, and so we, we know that's real, but because of the presence of Christ, we don't have to experience aloneness. Then he says again, do not be afraid. Now picture somebody whose eyes are wide open and they are terrified. All right, They are in fear, they are dismayed, and God is saying, don't do that. He's saying, don't worry, and listen, I've had to quote just a few days ago, Philippians 4 was our CBR passage. 
And I've had to quote Philippians 4, 6, and 7 more times than I believe I ever have in my life over the past two and a half months, three months. But God is saying, in the midst of your circumstance, singles, those of us who have families in the midst of your circumstance, don't freak out. All right? Don't worry. Come to me with your problems. I will take care of them in my time. I will give you peace. I'm your God. I'm in control. Do not be afraid. Singles, if you're a Christian, here's, here's the thing. He says, I am your God. If you are a Christian and you are single, you are already in the most deep, the most intimate love relationship you will ever experience in your life, in eternity. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Not to say your marriage isn't great and you, know, you can't have an intimate relationship, but you are already in the most intimate relationships you could ever be in. A relationship with Jesus Christ, an eternal love relationship, the greatest, deepest, most intimate that anyone could ever know. Next, he says, I will strengthen you. He's talking about power. This is power from heaven. Power and strength for your soul, regardless of what you're facing in life. And this challenges, all of the challenges that we face no matter what they are, whether it's pandemic, whether it's racial unrest, or whether it's singleness in your life, God can overcome those challenges, regardless of what they are. He says, I will, I'm with you, and not, I have the strength to handle your problems. That's true. He said, I, I will strengthen you. I'll strengthen you with my strength. And then he says, I will help you. And the verse I quoted earlier, Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. He's always found in times of trouble. And, you know, he's the God that helps us. Jesus is our redeemer. He saves us. He cares for us. And he will not bail on us, regardless of what we're going through. He's not going to bail on us. Then he says, I will uphold you or I'll hold you up by my righteous right hand. All of your stresses, all of your fears, all of your concerns, give those to God and let him hold you up. When you are weak, let him be strong in and through you. Let him hold you by the hand. This is the heart of God to you as to all of us, but singles, we're talking about you today. This is the heart of God to you, to us all. And singles, again, this verse assures you, as well as many others in Scripture, that you are value, Scripture that you are valuable to God. So tr- three truths about being single this morning before we finish. Number one, it's okay to be single. And I know some of you are probably rolling your eyes at me. You've heard that a million times, but it's okay if you're single. There's value in that. If Isaiah 41.10 is true, if God is really God then he cares, and he will protect you, and it's okay to be single right now. Folks, let me let you in on something that you may or may not know. Jesus Christ was single, and he was the most complete, content, whole person that ever existed in this world. The Apostle Paul, who wrote... Much of the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 7, we, a verse we're going to look at today, that chapter is all about being single, tr- filled with truths about being single. He was single, Paul was single himself, and here's what he tells you in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 7. However, each one of you must live his life in the situation that the Lord has assigned when God called him. 
This is what I commanded the churches. This verse is saying that if you're here today or you're watching at home, wherever you are, if you are a Christian single, wherever you are, Jesus is Lord. If he is your Lord and Savior, then your life, the life that's ahead of you, God has a plan for you, and it's in front of you. Regardless of where you are in life, you're still here on earth. You've got breath in your lungs. God's got a plan for you, and there's life ahead of you. He has a plan. The life that Christ has for you is waiting for you to unfold. Seniors, you're graduating. Life is waiting to unfold in front of you, and God has a plan for you. So if you are single and you are in the Lord, remember you are not a body with a soul. You're a soul with a body. God has saved you. He has set you apart. You are saved by his grace. Your eternity is secure. This world is not God's final plan for you. You've got heaven to look forward to. He is your Savior. He is your Lord. And if you are single, the temptation is to think, all right, well, I'm not what God, I'm not complete, I'm not whole, but what this verse is saying, what Paul is saying, that if you are a Christian single right now, God has assigned you this assignment. This is what he has planned for your life right now. And even if your circumstance happened because of, uh, of sin that you or somebody else committed, you, God knows right where you are, and he, if you submit to him and you will follow him, then you are right where he wants you to be, and he will use you for his glory. He's given you this assignment. Now, listen, he may bring you a spouse. He may call you to contentment. Either way, you're going to be fine. He calls you to contentment or, you know, he may bring you that person. He may not, whatever. The Bible is clear, though. Here is the advantage. And as the husband of, you know, I have a wife and four kids. I know this to be true. Singles, and Paul talks about this, you have a greater capacity to serve the Lord than any of us who are married with kids do. Uh, it's just the truth. I mean, if you have a family, you know your life gets zapped up in, you know, baseball and ballet. And listen, I, I, I enjoy doing those things and, and having a family. I love my family, but that's life, all right? And so if you're single, then God may be calling you to something greater, at least during this stage of your life. Remember, you are loved, you are valuable to God, and God created Eve for Adam um, so even though you are called to this point in your life, remember, the reason God created Eve for Adam was because we weren't meant to live in isolation. So whether you're married or not, you need to be sharing your life with somebody else, serving the Lord in your church family, whatever the case may be. But, but, but the, the truth is still the same. It's okay to be where you are right now in your life. The next truth, you have value for the kingdom of God. God wants to use you to advance his kingdom and so allow him to do that. But the next truth, if you desire marriage, wait for the master's match for you. Wait for his match for you. Don't get ahead of God. Look at verse 10 again, Isaiah 41.10. Yes, I will help you. If it's God's plan for you to be married, he will bring you that person in his time. Having a desire to be married as a Christian single. Now, I wasn't single for very long, but there was a period of time where I was waiting on Mandy. Didn't know it was her at the time, but waiting on her. And I remember the uncertainty and even the pain that can come in that, right? Not knowing. Knowing that God had given me a desire, knowing God had called me to ministry, and knowing that God had given me a desire to be married, and not knowing who that person was. Being single can be painful for a lot of reasons. Having that desire to be married can be difficult. 
while you're waiting. And I don't pretend, listen, that was a short period of my life in the grand scheme, so I don't pretend to know exactly what you're going through, but I do know it can be difficult and it can be painful. You know, uh, you know God's will, regardless, single, whatever he calls you to do, God's will can be hard, and it usually is because we have to depend on him. If we could do it on our own, we wouldn't need him. God's will can be difficult. One Christian blogger talked about this. He said uh, he was single, and he talked about how hard it was. He knew all the right things. He said uh, he knew all the right verses, quoted all the right verses, but he said he still struggled with being a Christian single. He would go to restaurants to have a meal, and just hearing Jones' party of one would break his heart. He would go to a wedding, and he said every invitation to a wedding was like a subpoena to a solitary life. It was just hard. He's just being honest. And some of you who are or have been single, you know that feeling, right? Christianity.com. And I'm going to get real for just a few moments, okay? It'll be, you know, PG rated, but I'm going to get real for just a minute. Christianity.com said about the challenge of being single. For, for one, family members, church, family, playing matchmaker. You love that, right? My family did that with me. Turns out my mom and her mom were right. Ours is an arranged marriage. I think I've shared that with you before. So listen to your moms, all right? But it can be difficult. And, and the Christianity.com uh, said that the challenge of dating, especially as Christian singles get older, I mean, it's challenging. It's difficult. The lack of dating options in the world for a Christian, a godly person who wants to meet a godly mate. They discussed how in our culture it's acceptable for men to conquer as many women as possible before they get married. That that's just, you know, accepted in our culture. But for a godly man who is coming from purity, desires purity, who wants a godly woman, where does he find her? And where exactly does he look for, for that, godly, that godly woman? Uh, where does that happen? If he finds someone, let's say he finds someone who meets all the criteria, but there's no chemistry. Right? There's, no, there's no spark. You know, that can be incredibly frustrating for that person. Um, and we have to mention, listen, and here, you know, again, I'm getting into the PG territory here, but we have to be real. Sexual temptation. In our culture today, all you have to do is pick up a tablet, and it's right there, right? I mean, it is far more dangerous and close than it was when, even when I was a single um, 20 years ago. But sexual temptation for women, listen, the article in a very sensitive way talks about how the biological clock is ticking, and that can, that can be difficult for women. And, that, that's, and it's very sensitive in that, but uh, women uh, know the, the, the pain there that can be caused. Being single can be painful. Um, listen to me, though. All of that, it's real and it's scary, but, but don't miss this. If you are a Christian and it's God's desire you're single, and it's God's desire for you to be married, you have to wait on Him. You have to wait on Him. You don't have to, but I strongly encourage you to wait on Him. In Isaiah 41.10, God says, I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will hold you up. Wait for His plan, for His relationship that He has for you. And while you or trying to hang your hat on that truth. Here are six things you can do, because I'm a list guy, right? Six things you can do while you're waiting on the Lord. Number one, pray. Surrender your life to the Lordship of Christ and pray. He knows you. He's, he, he knows your fear. He's offered to help, strengthen you. Pray. Continue to give it to him and pray. 
Number two, pressure. You've got to meet the pressure of being single, of remaining pure, and not going along with whoever comes along. Because that's easy to do. But you've got you've to pray, surrender, and meet the pressures of being single. And it's real. Number three, prepare. Let me encourage you. If you're single, seniors, do this now. Start this now. Make a list of things that are just absolutely non-negotiable that you want in your future spouse. One of the first things my father-in-law told me, and I'm not, still to this day not sure what to make of it, when I started dating Mandy was, she's never been serious about a guy. As a matter of fact, she could have married a doctor and chose not to, and now she's getting serious about you. Not sure what that's about, is basically what he said. Not as exact, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> paraphrasing, but that's, a sense, that's how I took it, at least. But let me tell you, after we started dating, and he knew this, and he was trying to intimidate me, and it worked, by the way, and I plan to do the same thing to whoever chooses to, to, to like my daughters, um, but, you know, th- that was part of it. But come to find out later, the reason she wasn't serious about any of those guys is because none of them had a desire to, they didn't have a passion for the Lord, and they didn't have a passion to go to church, and she said she was not going, no matter what, not going to have to drag her husband to church every Sunday. And, and so she had some non-negotiables. Now, again, I don't know how I met some of those, to be honest with you. I don't know what, what it makes me wonder about what the qualifications were sometimes. But, and I know that's what her dad was thinking. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, have a list of things that you're not going to compromise. Go ahead and mark those off. Be open to whoever God has for you. I mean, don't you know, put God in a box, but have a list of things. And number two, some of you, who are single now because of divorce, you've been through so much pain and hurt, you need to deal with that first before you look for somebody else. I mean, God wants to to heal you before you enter another relationship. Number four, pursue. Run. Don't run hard after a spouse. Run hard after God. Pursue the Lord and pursue His will. Run hard after His will for your life, after serving Him. Serve Him with a passion. Either you trust God or you don't, and that uh, brings us to, to number five, purpose. Make the purpose of your life the purpose of the heart of God. God, give me your desires. Make your purpose his purpose. You're in this season of your life for a reason, and I don't know what that is, but God does. Number six, plan. You've got to believe that God has a plan. Again, either you trust him or you don't. Believe he has a plan for you. And again, be open to him. Remember, though, Adam... He was busy doing what? He was busy serving God. He wasn't busy looking for a spouse. He was busy serving God. God looked into his heart. He saw that he needed a partner, and he gave Adam Eve. He gave him his partner. But here's a truth, another truth. Either you will choose your spouse or you will let God do it. I encourage you to let God do it. To let God do it. As a matter of fact, my mom was very blunt that when I... I, I, when I was when when she met Mandy, I was actually interested in somebody else. Don't tell anybody that. But my mom came home and basically said, "You don't need to make any decisions about anybody until you meet the preacher's daughter." He had just come to that church, and we hadn't met yet. And uh, she was right; she was absolutely right. And so, be open to who God has for you, whoever that is. Allow God to choose that person. I know there's pain from being for, that comes with being single, but let me tell you, as a pastor, I've seen it over and over and over again. The pain you experience now is 
nothing compared to the pain that you will experience five or six years from now when you realize you married the wrong person. And I've seen it. I've, I've sat across the desk from couples whose marriages had fallen apart. And a lot of the times it's because they didn't wait on God's best for them. Because listen, those non-negotiables, if you, they don't meet them now, don't expect them to change afterwards. Don't go into it saying, hey, I'll change them. I'll fix it. No. They may change. I mean, God may get a hold of them and turn their life around, but you can't, you can't be guaranteed. That can't be an expectation. So trust in the Lord. Wait on his timing. Third truth, do not allow singleness to dominate your perspective. And this is hard. I know this is hard. Again, I wasn't single for a long time, but I know the, the temptation is to, to focus only on finding a spouse. But don't let singleness, this, that concept, to dominate your perspective. Don't allow singleness to dominate who you are. God says, fear not. I'm with you. I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Think about it this way. Think about a plane in a holding pattern, right? You're over the airport, traffic, whatever. You can't land. You're just circling, right? You're in a holding pattern. Everybody on the plane is in a holding pattern. Your life is at a standstill because your life is in a holding pattern at that moment. Haven't flown in a while, but I think this is still the case. Can't even use your phone during a holding pattern, right? You're just, you're just circling. Haven't landed yet. You're not on the ground. And the temptation is for some singleness, singles to look at singleness as their life. My life's in a holding pattern right now. I'm just circling. I don't want to, I'm not going to do anything for the Lord. I'm not going to make any commitments until I find my spouse. That's the temptation, is to say, oh, my life is just in a holding pattern right now. Let me encourage you, don't do that. Don't view your life as being in a holding pattern. Move forward for God's glory. Move forward in serving Him. Because, again, God has a plan for you, and He wants to... To, you, he wants you to experience that plan unfold. He wants to make an impact for his kingdom through your life, where you are right now in your sphere of influence. Let's go deeper. Beware of thinking that the absence of loneliness equals happiness. I know a lot of married people who are lonely. They don't even know each other. I, I've seen... Marriages fall apart, and I've sat across the desk for married couples who hadn't had a real conversation, been married 30 years, and hadn't had a real intimate conversation in their entire marriage because they don't communicate with one another. And they're lonely, just as lonely as if they were living in the house alone. Loneliness, be, having a spouse d does not equal the absence of, of, of aloneness all of the time. If you are looking for a human being to meet the deepest needs of your soul, you will never find that human being to meet all of those needs. Now listen, I have, in my opinion, and I know my opinion is biased, the greatest wife that has ever existed. And she meets my needs in more ways than I could ever imagine. She anticipates my needs in more ways than I know I ever do for her. Right, I try, but I mean, I, I just know. I watch her with my children, and I watch the gift that God has given her to parent my children. And, I, and sometimes I just stand back in awe and wonder, how in the world did you think of that? I mean, I'm amazed. But even she can't meet all of my needs. It's not possible. If you're looking for a person to meet the needs that God himself says, I'm meant to meet those needs, 
If you can't find contentment in Christ, if you can't find completeness in him, you will never find it in a spouse. You will spend your life searching and you will be disappointed. And you will find yourself in the same place you started before you ever got married, alone and miserable. You, you, only God can meet the needs, the deepest needs of your soul. Two things that God allows us to control. Number one is our outlook, how we look at life. And number two is our outreach, what we do in life. How you look at life and what we do in life. God is God. He has a plan for your life. And you, only you can decide if you're going to serve him. If you're going to run after him. If you're going to, to pursue him. And, and if, if you're going to allow him to fulfill his plan for his glory. You can look at life as moving forward with progress. Or you can allow your situation to cripple you. And folks, I don't care if you're single or not, that truth holds. You can, we can view our lives right now as God has a plan and we can move forward with life with all the fear and uncertainty or we can allow our current situation to cripple us and make us completely ineffective for his kingdom and his glory. There's a lot of ways Satan could do that right now if we let him. Division in the church, masks or no masks. And listen, I understand both sides, and I hear both sides every week, almost every day. And I understand both sides, all right? Should I go to church or stay home right now? We've got to show grace to one another and look at where other people are and be considerate of where they are. We can't allow, we cannot allow Satan to capitalize on this situation any more than he already has. We can allow our situation to cripple us, or we can continue to move forward. And that's one of the reasons we're entering into a time of fasting and prayer because I believe God has a purpose in all this and I want to be ready to receive that, don't you? I want to be ready to experience that. But singles, you can move forward. Hear this truth. The goal of Jesus is not to make you married. The goal of Jesus is to make you into his image. That's his goal. He can do that if you're single or you're married. If you allow him to do that, that's the goal. You know, the difference between the one little O and the one. You know, a lot of folks spend their lives pursuing the one that God has for them. And that's okay to, to want that. But they think, hey, when the one comes, I'll be complete. When the one comes, you know, everything will be peachy. My life will be happy, you know, violins, roses, whatever. Whatever you think of. Hearts floating in the air, whatever. If I find the one, I'll be fine. Everything will be good. But the truth is, it's great. But that, that won't happen completely, all right? But when the one comes, you know, if I find the one, angels will sing. No, but when the one comes, angels will shout. If you fin your, spend your life pursuing after the one, the one and only Savior, and his purpose for your life, you will find contentment, and you will find purpose. You will find what God wants for you. So focus on the one, and then let God send the one. Focus on him. Now, I brought with me my pillow, and I love my pillow. It's not an I love my pillow. I didn't really mean to do a commercial there. But, um, but how many of you have a pillow that you cannot sleep without? Be honest. The older you get, I think, the more that's the case, right? When you're young, you can sleep without a pillow on the ground outside and not, not blink at all. But this is my pillow. My wife and I, one of our many differences, I should have brought hers too, one of our many differences, we have different philosophies when it comes to pillows. Hers is about 
that thick and mine is this thick. And if I go somewhere and I try to sleep, if I tried to sleep on her pillow, I'd be walking like this all day long. I can't do it. I don't know how she does it, but she does. That's her preference. That's what she likes. If I go somewhere and I sleep, and even if it's not flat like that, if I sleep on another pillow, I'm going to get a crick in my neck and I'm going to be miserable. I probably won't sleep very well at all that night. I don't sleep well in new environments the first night anyway, but especially if I don't have my pillow. I've got to have my pillow. I cannot rest without my pillow. And, you know, many of you can identify. If I go through life pursuing after anything, trying to find rest in anything other than what God has for me, then I will not find rest. But God says, come to me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are burdened, who are weary, heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. God's desire is not for you to spend your life sleeping on somebody else's pillow. (laughs) I know you won't find that in the Bible, but (laughs) the principle is there. God's plan is not for you to spend your life discontented and running after something that you'll never find. God's plan is for you to find contentment, to find meaning, and to find purpose, to find rest. That's what rest is. It's not sleeping through the night. It is finding contentment and meaning and purpose in Him. That's God's plan for you. And so, Christians, wherever you are, singles, let me share this verse with you one more time. If this is your season of life, God says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. For I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Singles, we are blessed to have you as a part of God's family, this family. You are valuable for him, for his kingdom work, and I pray that you'll be encouraged wherever you are, single or not. I pray that you'll be encouraged by Isaiah 41, verse 10. Now, of course, all this is filtered through the lens of being a follower of Christ, of Christianity. And so if you don't know Christ, then that's the first step that you need to take. In just a few moments, we're going to have a time of prayer. And if you're out there in the congregation, out there at home today, and you don't know Christ, you don't know what salvation is, I mean, when I even mention that, you're uncertain, or you you feel God calling you to a greater purpose in your life, and you don't know what that is. Uh, There's a slide that's going to come up, and I encourage you to contact us. You can email me at info at wallhighway.com, and we will follow up with you. And and any questions that you have, if God's calling you to a greater purpose, you don't know what that is. If you want to know who we are as a church and what we're about, if God's calling you into salvation, a relationship with him, you send an email, and and we will follow up and have a conversation about that. We'll take the next steps. But, But right now, I just want to take a few moments and go before the Lord and for all of us to seek his will and his purpose as we close out our time together. We're going to have a few announcements afterwards, but as we close out our time of studying his word, uh, let, let's just go before him, all right? Father, we, we trust you, and we, we know that sometimes you know, it's easy to say that, hard to follow through with that, especially when life is confusing and uncertain and painful. And especially when our life situation is not what we want it to be. 
Either we're looking for, we know we've been called to be married and we're waiting for that spouse or, or maybe gone through the pain of divorce or the loss of a loved one and we're trying to figure out what life looks like without our spouse. And I know that there are many today here in this room and, and at home who, who find themselves in that situation. But God, I pray the truth of Isaiah 41.10 would speak to their hearts, would penetrate their hearts, would saturate their hearts, that you, through your word, would comfort them and encourage them, and that they would look to you for help and strength, and that they would run after you with all that they are and all that they have, that they would pursue your plan and your purpose, that they would pursue a greater, deeper more intimate relationship with you. Lord, we know you have the answers to our needs, but we know that that begins, finding those answers begins with a relationship with you. And there, there may be some here today who are, or who are at home who don't know you as Lord and Savior. And I pray that they would contact us and allow me to begin that conversation with them, what they need to do next. Father, I pray that our desire as a church, as individuals who claim to be followers, your followers, that our desire, all of us, would be to run hard after your purpose for us, to see your kingdom advanced, whatever that means, whatever that takes, whatever ministry looks like on the other side of this pandemic, that we would, we would see your plan and your purpose come to fruition that we would get to experience you do something in and through us that can only be explained by your great power and your great strength. That, God, you would use this situation to cause us to depend on you more, to go deeper with you. And that, Lord, we would experience you work in us that we would experience your love, your compassion, your mercy, and your power in our lives. You've promised it, and we can receive it if we will submit to you. And I pray that we will. In Jesus' name, amen.